You're listening to Coffee Jams. This is your source for tips, tools, and techniques to help you teach. Hey, it's Torian. It's been a really long time, about three years. But I'm here, and I'm going to share as much content as I can with you guys. Today, we're going to take a listen to um, a professional development I did for a team of teachers around feedback. It's part of Carol Dweck's Growth Mindset, and it is an excellent um, opportunity for us to prepare for the upcoming school year. As we think about distance learning, this virtual learning, um, all this, all the things we have to do now to just prepare to engage our students in meaningful conversations. Feedback is one of those tools that teachers need to use more often. And I think after listening to this podcast, this professional development, I hope you guys really walk away with some more tools, tips, techniques, and strategies that will really help you engage your students in a more meaningful way. So let's check out this professional development. So today we're jumping into our January session of growth mindset. Um, I'm going to try to take a little bit of a different format for our um, for our our session today. I'm thinking um, more TED talky. So just I'm trying something different. If it doesn't work, tell me it doesn't work. You know, we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So the power of feedback. What was the last piece of feedback you received? Was it positive? Was it a critique? And what did you do with that feedback? Just think to yourself. Think to yourself. What was, when was the last time you gave someone feedback? And what did you expect the person receiving the feedback to do with the information that you provided to them? When was the last time you gave someone feedback? What did you expect the person receiving the feedback to do with that information? I'm really excited about today's session. I think this, this lesson should have been at the beginning of our conversations around growth mindset because the implications for what um, feedback are is um, really instrumental in developing a growth mindset for our students. So well, what is feedback? Feedback is the chance we have to feedback into someone useful information to impact their future performance. Feedback is the chance to plant the seed to really for us as teachers to improve student performance. So feedback is a chance to see some people write, and so I'll, I'll slow down a little bit. It's a chance we have to feed back into someone. What are we giving someone back from what we've seen as their, their outcomes from an, from an event? What seeds can we plant in our students in order to continue to see something, stop something, or start something in the future? Okay. So in the book, if you, if you read it, I'm going to just go through the research study that was conducted. A research study of 400 fifth graders were, was completed where all the fifth graders were given uh, a really simple test to complete. So after they completed the test, uh, the students were grouped into two categories. The first category, their feedback was, you must be smart. You must be smart. The second group, 
their feedback was, you must have tried really hard at this. You must have worked really hard to get these answers. Then the students were given um, the opportunity to pick between a test. Students who were told you must be really smart, they picked the easier test the second time around. Students who were told that you must have worked really hard, they picked the more difficult test. They picked the harder test. After um, that was done, students who were told you must be smart, they saw their lack of success with the second test. All of them failed the second test. The second test was just really difficult. The researchers wanted them all to fail. They, they, they wanted them to fail to see what their reactions were going to be. The students in the first group saw their lack of, a lack of success as a lack of intelligence. I must not have succeeded because I, I must not just be smart. I, I'm, I can't be smart. That's why I failed the test. Students who were told, you must have worked really hard when they failed their second test, they said, well, maybe I just didn't focus enough on it. Finally, the students were all given an easier test, which was like the first test. Students who were told in the very beginning, you must be smart, performed worse on the second easier test. Students who were told that you must have worked really hard, performed better on that second easier test. I thought that was a very interesting, interesting study. I think it has a lot of implications, like I said earlier, for our, our classroom instruction. So one of the things that we know is that oftentimes we do give our students such th this sort of feedback. But what's the major difference between you must be smart and you must have worked really hard? Okay? Or let me add this in. Smart praise and effort praise. So you must be smart. It helps students who are told I must be smart chose the easier test because they wanted to maintain their perception of intelligence. They weren't going to try to take the harder test because they didn't want you as the evaluator to think that they couldn't do it. Okay? They took less risk. Again, they're trying to maintain their perception of smart. They maintained a fixed mindset. Students who were praised on their effort, they perceived their mistakes as a consequence of working hard, of not, not being smart or lacking intelligence. Right? They were developing a growth mindset. So back to my other question. What's the difference between smart praise and effort praise? What's the difference between smart praise and effort praise? You must be smart at this is, a, is person praise. You must have worked really hard on this is process praise. When I tell you you're smart, I'm talking about you as a person, as an individual. When I give you process praise and say that you worked really hard, I'm, I'm giving you feedback on the steps that you follow to actually get something done. Here are some examples of person praise versus process praise. Person praise says, you must be smart at this, while process, said, process praise says, you must have worked really hard on this. Person praise says, you're so good at math, while process praise says, these problems didn't give you much of a challenge. Maybe we should find something that's harder for you to do that could really stretch your thinking. Person praise says that you are a really good writer. 
process praise says, your writing shows that you have a strong understanding of grammar and punctuation. So again, on the left-hand side, I'm talking about you as an individual. On the right-hand side, I'm talking about the steps that you may have followed in order to succeed at a task, right? So thinking back to the, that time that you've gotten feedback, right? Is it easy for you to make positive next steps when the praise is just about you as a person? Is it easier for you to make positive next steps when the praise is about the process that you followed? Now, we're talking about praise. Let's talk about critique. Person critique would say, you didn't do any of this right. Pers process critique will, will say, well, I see that you didn't do this, but what could you do differently? You did good, but you know, that's just not enough. You didn't meet the goal, but what did you learn in the process? You are terrible. You make bad decisions, but what can you do differently next time? Think about the time that somebody gave you negative feedback. Would you rather get the feedback that you didn't do anything right? Or would you rather get very specific feedback on, what, on the process you can follow in order to be successful the next time around? OK? Or <clears throat> Say that part again. Would you rather get the feedback about you as an individual or the feedback about the process that you followed? Right? Do I want my tennis coach to say, Torian, your swing is just trash? Or do I want my tennis coach to say, you're not moving your elbow when you're swinging? I know exactly what to fix. So even then, so one of the things I want to no. So one of the things that we always have to remember, right, is feedback has to be a gift. And if, as we're moving to a growth mindset, there's an African proverb that says this. Don't think about who says it. Think about what they said. So if I'm so fixated on how you say something to me and who you are to me, I might miss what you're saying. Because I think we, all of us can admit, sometimes our students say brilliant things. And sometimes they may not say it in a way that we are immediately receptive of. But if we reflect on what they actually said, right, it has an impact on, on what we do next. OK? So although my tennis coaches didn't move me from the beginner to intermediate class the first time around, right? I can't, hold, I can't hold on to that every time you give me feedback, especially when you're giving me really good feedback of you need to swing through your elbow. You have to, and, 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 um, and not hold on to the racket so stiffly as you get through. You got to just let it flow. That's a lot, that's much better than you're just, you're, you're bad at tennis and you should just stop, right? So we have person, we have process praise, we have process critique, and then we have this middle ground. Good work. Well done. Good work at what? What was good? Can you be more specific? The check mark. The check plus, right? Instead of saying good work, can you say great job on writing a detailed essay? What about my work did you, did you like? What about, what about my work did I do well at? 
Instead of well done, could you say well done on your math test? I could see that you have practiced your math concepts. These are all key and instrumental in our ability to have appropriate uh, feedback for our students. Feedback must be oriented around student goals. Feedback must be oriented around a goal. If the person who gave you feedback doesn't know what your goals are and is providing you feedback that's not related to anything of substance of a goal to you, then you delete it. It's not worth your time and energy, even with our kids, right? Let's go, let's go backwards for a second. Let me give you another tennis example. I go on the court, my coach says, you know, I think, I think your tennis performance, no, my coach says, you know, you look better when you wear blue shoes, not red shoes. That has nothing to do with my tennis performance. It's not a goal that I, I don't care about looking great on the court. I want to play great on the court, right? So that sort of feedback is just irrelevant. So feedback has to be oriented around student goals. I think that that's sort of what hits. If a person comes in and does not know the goals that you have for your classroom or for our school building, then again, their, their feedback, it can be helpful, but feedback has to also be aligned to something. If your feedback is aligned to my instructional practices and I can see a way to implement your feedback, then I can take it. If your feedback is not aligned to my instructional practices, it negates other feedback that I've already been given to improve my instructional practices, I'm gonna say thank you for the information and I'm gonna file it in file 13, which is the garbage can. <laughs> oh, 99? Okay, I'm sorry, file, uh, uh, 99, file 99, the garbage can, okay? Feedback must be given as quickly as possible. Okay, there's no need for you to give me an assessment, <laughs> grade the assessment, and give it to me two weeks after you give me the next assessment because I've already, the opportunity to make improvements is already, is already gone. Um, the feedback has to be given as quickly as possible because there might be an opportunity where I'm engaging in a, in a negative behavior again before you give me the feedback. Feedback must be concrete. It must be specific. It must be useful and actionable and easy to understand. So I think another part, Mr. Adams, to go backwards is, it has to be useful. Why are you telling me about my shoe color? I don't care. Why are you telling me about just the generic NAEP results? I need specifics about what I can do to move my kids forward. I need concrete feedback, okay? So let's go backwards for just a moment. On your desk, I gave, on your tables, I gave you all a copy of um, sentence frames that I would like for you to cut out, make copies, cut out, and potentially just attach to student work. The next time you're going through student work, take them out, like attach them to student work and say, instead of just saying good job, right? Like, oh, I noticed how you, all right, now maybe for my pre-K friends, we gotta change the language. <laughs> but I noticed how, or teach them the word notice, I noticed how, okay? And maybe you only take two or three that you use on a regular basis, but get something in your repertoire that you can use in order to provide your students with, with quality feedback, okay? Concrete and specific, okay? I 
hope you guys got so much out of that professional development. I love being able to meet with teacher teams and to support my teacher teams and really give them the tools they need to empower them and making a difference in the lives of our students. I hope you guys got so much out of that. Um, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified when we release new episodes, not release new episodes. I'm super excited about season two starting. We have a lot of great changes coming. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Have a great one.